Welcome to Right Thinking with Steve Copeland. I'm your host, Steve Copeland, and thank you for tuning in. Let's have a great day. Good morning. Glad to be with you. What an amazing show we are getting ready to listen to. You know, we had Leopard on here on show uh, 160 five weeks ago, and the show ended with, uh, hey, Steve, you gotta, you, we got to do a show on habits. So let me just go right into it. You make your habits, your habits make you. This is episode 164, Right Thinking with Steve Copeland is very pleased to announce that this week's show is called You Make Your Habits, Your Habits Make You with guests Lefford Faith. Tune in and hear Steve and Lefford continue their conversation on people doing what they say they are going to do as they explore the power of habits. Good habits are so very important in being able to gain the trust of others so that you can have a successful life. Well, Leffert, thanks for coming back and wanting to do a conversation on habits. Thank you, Steve. I'm glad to be here, bro, because this is uh, habits. This is an important topic. Hey, Leffert, everybody loves listening to you. I mean, you've been on the show like 14, 15 times now. And, <laughs> it's and, a habit. Yeah, yeah. That's what the nun said. So the bottom line is I want to just launch this where we left off the ship. You like that one? The show that we're doing, it's a follow-up on 159 that got this series started. This is the, let me count them real quick here. One, two, three, four, five, six. This is the seventh show in my series that is all about from the lip to the hip is a pretty far distance. And and I, I have to be real real happy. It's catching on. A lot of people are telling me they like this study this that we're doing. It's all about character building and so on and so forth. So let me just give you some Napoleon Hill where we left off just without going into too much that's already been said. When I did that first show, Don Green, Napoleon Hill Foundation, that's really a close friend of yours, he let me use actual pages out of Think and Grow Rich, the last chapter, How to Outwit the Six Ghosts of Fear, and I used those 57 alibis in that show. And here's the last one, and here's how it reads. I'm reading straight from Think and Grow Rich. If, and this is the greatest of them all, I had the courage to see myself as I really am. I would find out what is wrong with me and correct it. Then I might have a chance to profit by my mistakes and learn something from the experience of others. For I know that there is something wrong with me, or I would now be where I would have been if I had spent more time analyzing my weaknesses and less time building alibis to cover them. Well, Leffert, the reason that I start the show back on that is your story that you share with us through all these uh, episodes that you do, you're, you're beautiful the way that you, you know, you're so transparent. I mean, you talk about what you've gone through and what I'm trying to do in this series is bring on people that, that have, what I consider to be tremendous wisdom that others ought to hear from and hear testimonies and life experiences and things like that. So I'm ready to just, let's talk about habits and anything you want to share about your own experiences where you kind of learned it the hard way. Your best 
thing that you've ever said that I love. Correct me if I get this wrong, but you always say you got high energy, but low. Do you say, do you say intelligence? What do you say? Uh, low, low, a uh, <laughs> high energy and low IQ. Yeah. Okay. I said intelligence, but, <laughs> but, but Leopard, I, I doubt that you have low IQ, but, but so um, let me turn it over to you now and, and anything that you want to share that will help people uh, learn more about why they need to do what they say they're going to do and, and, and get into how habits uh, will help them uh, develop good habits, get rid of old habits, et cetera. The floor is yours or the microphone is yours, so to speak. There you go. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. You know, this whole quote about you make your habits and your habits make you came from uh, a talk that I gave about choices. We first we make our choices and then our choices make us. But the thing about habits, Steve, is that how you do things ultimately determines who you are. It was Gandhi and Lao Tzu said that your thoughts become words, your words become action, your actions become habits, your habits become character, your character becomes your destiny. But in the middle of that whole thing, Steve, is habits. So what you continuously do, you become. And, and habits are, they, they're, they're very light when they start out, but then they become changed. So how do, you, how do you, if this is true, if what I'm saying is true, how do you use your habits to become the person that you desire to be? Because if you keep doing stuff over and over and over, Napoleon Hill actually talked about you having a groove. It's like, I grew up in the country and we used to have dirt roads. Did you have dirt roads where you were from or you were more city boy? The street that I grew up on was the fourth house on a country road. So we didn't have dirt roads though. It was paved, but it was just farmland. Right. So I kind of grew up on these old, in Georgia, you're talking about red clay and they got these ruts. And a rut is basically... If you keep going down the same path over and over and over, you start grooving into a thing. And we were talking about dance a little bit earlier. You talk, It's a groove. And what happens with that, that becomes a habit. And the more you do something, good or bad, positive or negative, the more you do it, you start grooving. And then if you get to a point, if you get in that groove, you go and you'll stay on that same path forever and ever and ever. Again, whether it's positive or negative. And so... The reason I said I wanted to talk about habits is, is that if we want to do anything in life on a positive note, first we have to decide that thing that we want to do and start working towards that. Purpose. Yes, yeah, whatever your purpose is. But again, it could, be, it could be your purpose, it could be on purpose. Does that make sense? It could be your purpose, but it could be on purpose because sometimes we do things by design and sometimes we do things by default, but all of that is based on, on habit. Uh, you were talking a little bit earlier about uh, Stephen Covey on seven habits of highly effective people. And basically that is the things you do to be successful, the things that you do to get what you want out of life. You can have habits that are successful and you can have habits that are unsuccessful. Um, I come from, I actually have an addictive personality. And I know a lot of people said there's no such things, but there are alcoholics and there's drug addicts. There are people that in my family do these things. And because I have a negative personality, a habitual personality, an addictive personality, 
I figured out a long time ago that if this is my nature, why not do things that are positive, that'll get me towards where I want to go versus slip into a rut and do things that I don't want. I read every day. I read every day. I, I probably read three or four books a week. That is a habit. And because I have this as a habit, I'm continuously learning things. I'm, I'm continuously growing. But on the other side of it, like I told you before, I actually ended up divorced and lost my first wife because I had a habit of working all the time. I start working. I can work for 15, 16 hours. And she told me once that it seemed that I cared more about working and more about the Air Force than I cared about her. So that was a habit. So whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it's positive or negative, you start making your habits and then your habits start making you. Can I ask you a question about that? It's kind of personal, but you've talked about it very much in previous shows. And if anybody wants to know about your previous shows, go to go to the last one that you did, 160, because we mentioned a couple of them maybe. But when you were like that in your marriage, but you didn't realize that, and you brought it up in the last show too with, with your wife about how all she needed was a phone call and you were you were so into being the provider. In other words, I think that's what that was, was a man, and you did this, and you did it with your first wife, and and you talked about your second wife, the you know, the kind of fights that you get in, is that sometimes when a man is is doing all he can to take all that responsibility and feel that, you know, I'm the protector, I'm the provider, they they lose sight of something that they need to know about, and they develop a bad habit that they don't realize is bad. Is that fair to say? It is fair to say, and you may have heard this quote before. A person's biggest weakness is often a strength overdone. Oh, no, I haven't. But I love that. A person's biggest weakness is often a strength overdone. That's like don't mess up a good thing, kind of. Right. Yeah, because I'm a worker. I'm good at it. And I enjoy it. And and sometimes I was getting my uh, actualization, my my better self-worth based on my ability to work and work hard. And so I was good at it. So I just, I just kept doing it. So you have to be, again, you gotta be careful because you can get in the habit of doing anything. You can get in the habit of doing anything positive. You can get Ebenezer Scrooge. You can get to the habit of, of saving too much. Now in this day and time, people say, how in the world can you save too much when money becomes your idol? When stuff becomes your idol and you're working for the, you're a slave to your money versus your slave, your, your money's your slave. Does that make sense? So, oh yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't like it was a bad thing. It was just that it was a strength overdone that came, that became a weakness to me. And again, it's habitual because what happens is you start doing stuff and you get into this groove and basically you start getting satisfaction from it. There's a guy named Charles Duhigg. Have you ever heard of him? He did a book called The Power, the, um, uh, the Power of Habit. Yeah, let, let, me, let me answer you. You ready for this? Yeah. Habits are powerful but delicate. They can emerge outside our consciousness or can be deliberately designed. They often occur without our permission but can be reshaped by fiddling with their parts. They shape our lives far more than we realize. They are so strong, in fact, that they cause our brains to cling to them. 
at the exclusion of all else, including common sense. Charles Duhigg. <laughs> Saw you go. coming, yeah. Leopard. Saw you coming. Yeah, I mean, but it's the pie, and it's, it's awesome because it talks about there's a cue that something happens. For me, um, I'll tell you, the cue is something needs to be done. And you, you, you always, uh, we've been doing this thing for a couple of three years now. And if, being that you know me, you know I'm always into achievement, getting stuff done. So I'll see something that needs to be done, Steve, and I automatically jump into how can I get this done bigger, better, faster, and stronger because it's going to be positive. So, and then I get into a routine. I'll read about it. I'll study it. I'll look and see if there's a TED Talk about it, YouTube. I'll try to find out who's an expert in it. And then typically what happens for me is I'll do it and I'll get some type of reward, either an attaboy or a, a boost in my self-esteem. And then because of that, I get into this cycle of success. Now, you know, even success can be habitual and can be negative. If that's all you're doing is continuously growing, going, 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 going. And if you're doing it for the wrong reason or you're doing it to the detriment of your relationships, to your health, to all those things, it could be negative. So you have to keep an eye on things, even if you're successful at it. Can I respond to that? Yes, sir. Thank you. Everything you said is absolutely true. Um, I had a period of my life back uh, early out where I was doing real well, and but I but I had a whole lot of friends that had very little motivation, and they got into being a real laid back community of you know laid back people, and they used to say to me, "Oh, relax, Steve, man. You don't got to go for all those goals that you got. You don't need to finish college. You don't need to be a." You know, like why you want to be an accountant so you can be materialistic and get into all that. You know, but the point was you got to recognize people that that don't have enough ambition, so to speak, that they haven't connected the dots yet that, you know, there's nothing wrong with being successful. That's we can do another show again. on We've done shows on success. But but the point is, is that you were talking about people that are that are kind of like uh you know, overachievers and so forth to get hung up in their in that level of success. Maybe they go off to being too materialistic or something. The the population that I generally like to work with, those overachievers, they, they got enough money to go see a shrink sometimes. But the underachievers, they don't have enough money to go do that. So I need to connect with them a little bit and just find out what's holding them back and and the habits. You know, do you, do you know a guy named Douglas Conant in your travels of hearing positive people? I, I, I heard you mention that name before, and I don't know them. I don't think. So when I Googled habits to be prepared for the show, I came across this man, and he founded a – his last name is Conant, uh, C-O-N-A-N-T, Conant Leadership. And there's an article that I picked up. The 32, it's 32 quotes about the power of habits, exactly what, what you and I are talking about. And it was subtitled grow or die. And uh, so I encourage people to go to that, but let me just give you a quick highlight and then it'll take us to the next part of our thinking. This guy is incredibly successful, but he's incredibly caring about people. Let me tell you how successful this guy was. He was the president of Nabisco Foods at one time. He was the president of the CEO of Campbell Soup Company. He was the chairman of Avon Products. 
And there, there's a whole list of companies that he has a brilliant career. But he started this leadership uh, company, Conant Leadership. And so I picked up a great deal of uh, comments that he put out. But I'm going to give you one that I think is uh, a little personal here. Um, actually, um, there's an article that I picked up from another person. But, you know, you're a basketball player. And just talking about positive habits, I'm not going to go into this other article. I'm kind of mixing apples and oranges here. But I had to give I you. I like fruit. Yeah, very good. So, so in this particular article, this guy's talking about positive habits and negative habits. Uh, I apologize to the listeners for going into uh, Mr. Conant, Doug Conant, but I'll come right back to him. But this was another gentleman that I read named David Mathis, M-A-T-H-I-S. And he says, you know, habits, we think about habits generally as nasty little things. You know, you got to break that habit, you know, quit doing that irritating thing, you know, quit biting your lip, knock out your smoking and your drinking, you know, get rid of your drugs. Those are habits. But he also talks about how they can save your life and, and how good habits are, or, you know, you got to look both ways before you cross the street. You teach your little kids a habit. So there's a lot of really good habits. And that's what we're trying to teach people right now is how you develop good habits will give you a better life. And, and here, here's the thing he said. He wanted you to get in the habit of uh, turning to the Lord. And this is a, a faith-based article, how your habits show and shape your heart. It's about getting in the habit of giving it up to the Lord. Okay. So I'm not going to teach that article today, but he says, habits make Stephen Curry the NBA's best shooter, Mike Trout, baseball's best hitter, Jordan Spieth, the world's most promising young garfer. Habits keeps a NASCAR driver from losing control and going airborne when he's nudged going into turn three at Daytona. The point is, Leffert, you're a good basketball player. I mean, you're going to play it down, but you know, you like to play basketball. And uh, you didn't develop whatever that jump shot that you got from the corner is by just shooting it two or three times and believing that you can make it anytime you want without practicing and developing the habit. Uh, to finish off the article about Donald Conant real quick, this guy is amazing and his, his articles are something. And, and you've already covered the very last one they brought up was the one you did from Mahatma Gandhi about, you know, your beliefs become your thoughts and so forth, ultimately your destiny. But you mentioned the chains that hold us back and so hard to break. I got two here that I want to tell you that are right what you said. Horace Mann's considered to be one of the greatest educators ever in America. I mean, Horace Mann was the guy way back in the beginning of the century, I guess, the, the, the 20th century, not the 21st century. Habit is a cable. Habit is a cable. We weave a thread of it each day, and at last we cannot break it. Okay, that sort of talks about how hard it is to break it. Now, Samuel Johnson, oh my gosh, Samuel Johnson goes back to, I believe, the late 1700s or the mid 1700s. He did the dictionary, I think. He was the first real dictionary, Samuel Johnson. Here's his The chains of habit are too weak to be felt until they are too strong to be broken. You like that one? So, so the, these are really good. I mean, there's so much here about developing good habits and how tough they are to change once you get them. But I just wanted to catch up with you on that. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I got to give you this last go. one. Last one, please. This is kind of the theme of today's show. I mean, we hey, we got, we got a lot of time. We do another show on it if we get too wrapped up in it. The difference between an amateur and a professional is in their habits. An amateur has amateur habits. A professional has professional habits. We can never free ourselves from habit, but we can replace bad habits 
with good ones. So I'm going to give it back to you, Lefford. I want you to try through your own lessons in life, any way you want to communicate, because you're a communicator. I want us to be looking at people that are down, down in a, we'll just call it to the lack of a better word. They haven't reached success much in their life. They're kind of at a, at, a, at a lower place in their own self-esteem, perhaps, whatever the reason. They haven't developed the trust of other people because I said that in the title of our show. If people don't trust you, you we need other people. You know, we are not a, no man is an island. You know, we need exactly. other people. And, and so, you, you know, you've got massive amounts of lifetime uh, uh, training and reading and wisdom that you've developed on this particular subject. So let's let's hope that for the rest of uh, this conversation, you can you can help people that haven't figured something out yet decide that they're going to start working on developing good habits and getting freed up the bondage of their life from their bad habits. So thank you very much. Well, one of the things, Steve, that a lot of people do is that they don't take a look at their habits. They don't take a look at what they're actually doing. And I think sometimes we have to stop and say, how is what I'm doing serving me? Yeah. How is, how is what I'm doing serving me? Is it serving me well or is it not serving me very well? And, and it's really easy for somebody to say, hey, break that habit. I don't really think you break a habit. I think you replace one habit with another habit. If you, if you, have, a neg- if you have a habit that's not serving you, take a look at it and say, what can I replace that habit with? If you're a smoker, I'm not a smoker, but if you're a smoker, um, you're not going to break the smoking habit. You can replace that habit. Whatever that reward, I was talking about this doohig thing about there's a cue, then there's a routine, and then there's a reward. So if there's a cue, you need something in your mouth. You need to feel a certain way. Then you start practicing this routine. Instead of pulling that cigarette out, you pull out a carrot. Instead of pulling that cigarette out, you go for a run or a walk or a swim. And then you get that same reward. So the reality is all of us have habits. Habits are going to be there. If it were not for habits, we would not be alive. You talked about the whole left, right, left, right? When I say left, right, left, you go before you cross the street, you look to the left, you look to the right, you look to the left. That's a, that's a good habit. Uh, would you believe me if I told you one of, my, one of the people that were cops when I was in England died because of that habit? This was the deal. I don't know if you know this, but in England, instead of driving on the left side of the road, they drive on the right. Oh, no. So a, an airman, new to the base in England, been there for less than a week. Oh, no. He gets ready to cross a, a road. He looks to the left, looks to the right, looks to the left, tuck off, struck by a car and killed. Because a habit, doing the same thing over and over in the wrong environment can cause you to lose your life. So Ooh. go ahead. No, that's that's uh that's a that's a pretty powerful illustration of why you need to develop good habits, but be careful that the habit that you've developed is is what you need at the time. Is appropriate for the situation and where you are. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, you know. Because you could be a guy that is in the habit of uh, working hard to feed your family. But if your family needs you for something very important where there's something other than outside of what you normally do with your day, 
you've got to be able to modify your behavior in order to meet the needs of those that you care about instead of giving an excuse that, well, you're going to have to figure that on your own because I got yeah. another assignment in front of you. Oh, my gosh. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's And that's what it is. It's like my habit is working to pay the bills and take care of my family. Sometimes they need you to pay the bills. They, they, that, there's a need there. Yep. But if, if that habit is so strong that sometimes your significant other needs you, if your child needs you, they need a father. They don't necessarily need a provider. And so that good habit can be deadly to your relationships. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, but it's, the, but it's the same thing. If you, like some of the people that I used to work with and you work with now are the incarcerated, the returning citizens. The things that they needed to do in penitentiary and corrections won't serve them well or won't often serve them well when they get out, right? If you always have to protect yourself, if you bring that protection into an environment where you don't need to protect yourself, that habit can break you. Well, not trusting people also. Yeah, not, that's one of the worst things about prison life is what you just said is exactly true. And a lot of people learn to not trust anybody and you can't, you've got to learn how to trust people. And uh, just to tell you this, I got a very, very close friend, and his name is Steve Forbes, Master's Touch Barber School of Excellence. And that's why I started my foundation, Right Thinking Foundation. He was at the church. I was doing a testimony in the church to get to have the church pray for me because the bank was, uh, everybody in this bank ended up going to jail. They were coming at me calling a loan they shouldn't have called. I was asking for prayer because I didn't want to lose my house. And he came up to me and says, man, I didn't know you were a business guy. Can you, uh, can, can you help us with our business? Well, Steve and, Har- uh, Steve and Fred, his partner, came out of their barbershop. And first thing he says, can you get us into prisons and rehab centers? I said, well, you know, what you mean, Willis? You know, what are you talking about? He said, well, that's where, that's where we learn to cut. And we want to be here for those people that are coming out of prison and have a hard time. Well, I interviewed him a year, a year ago this past Christmas. And, and we did a show called Stay Between the Lines. You got to stay between the lines. That's what it was called. And he said something on that show. He said, though, that he needed the incarceration time in his life because he had to he had to be reprogrammed. And he said that that the programming that they made him go through was necessary in his life. They told him when to wake up in the morning. They told him when to eat. They told him when to go to the bathroom. They told him when to go to this whatever. But a lot of people don't have any good habits and they don't have discipline. So I agree with everything you're saying, but I'm telling you, though, that that's part of habits is developing good habits. And he called it programming. And he carried that out. It, with is, it is programming. It's programming and discernment. Because if you continue to repeat something, that's what I was talking about, Steve, that, that rut. You know, to me, a habit is nothing but a behavior that you continuously do until you, you repeat it over and over and over until that becomes who you are and what you're about. Mm-hmm. And it can be positive or negative. It could be exercise routine, positive habit. You know, but you can overdo it. Saving, positive habit, but you can overdo it. Eating. Eating is one of those things that we we have to eat. That's survival. But we get into a habit of eating sweets and eating too much or being sedentary. 
we need to rest, but you could get into a bad habit and doing any of that stuff. So as I said, you got to have discernment and you got to take a look at what you're doing and how it serves you. And I think sometimes we, we forget that we forget that you could do something good and then it, it, it can end up bad. And people say, how in the world could that happen? You can do something good and it, it can end up being bad if you overdo it. You, 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 you look, you got a question. No, I, I'm in agreement with what you said. It's not a question. It's a comment. Th- this one is very basic, but a lot of people in a relationship, they end up, one person becomes far too dependent and needy on the other person. And they get hurt because they just want to be there to love on them and be around them and everything, but they end up smothering them. And they, they haven't learned. They get in the habit of thinking that, it might be a different direction that I'm speaking of here, but that was a good thing. The person wants to do for their, for their partner, but the partner has to say, I appreciate what you're doing, but I need a little space. I mean, a lot of relationships end in that happening. I need some space. You're smothering me. So that, that might be going into some other thought, but, but it's a good habit to turn bad, a good thing. Yeah, it, 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 because there are a lot of times I, I noticed this parents helping their children doing their work for them, doing the job for them. It would sound like a funny joke, but it wasn't a joke. This is actually kind of true. It's imagine you're a parent and at five months, your kid can't walk, so you care. Six months, the kid can't walk, you care. Eight months, the kid can't walk, you care. 18 months, the kid can't walk, you care. 24 months, 36 months, five years. Whoa. There comes a time that if you keep doing something, then the kid lose their ability to walk. And, and, and it sounds ridiculous, but think about it. How often do we, do we want so much for our significant others, for our, for our children, for the people that we love, that we don't allow them to get strong on their own? That's oh, yeah. a habit. That's enabling. You know, a big component of developing positive habits relates to a deeper understanding. True. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, wow. But that's, but, but again, even, even there, and I'll tell you another thing too, if you have a habit of doing everything yourself, I mean, like I said, almost everything we could do, we could do it or we can overdo it, Steve. So think about this for a second. If it is to be, it's up to me. People love that one. People love it's that wonderful. one. Remember, we had this conversation with Marcel. So you can overdo that. If it's up, if it is to be, it's up to me. I have to do it all by myself. I can't do it for you, Leffert. As much as I love you, I'd like to, but you got to stand on your own two feet. Sometimes you got you to stand on your own. But at the same time, Steve, but where I want to take this is, think about it. If the only time, the only thing that could get done, I got to do it myself, that means I can't accept help or I refuse to take help. There are times that we need to get help. So you can even be, it's not self-sufficient. You can be into a point where, hey, Steve, let me help you. No, I got it. Nobody else can do it as good as I can. Mm. And it's a habit of you doing your own thing. Um, 
that's that's not appropriate either. So again, a a weakness is often a strength over death. Leffert, I got to so, say this. I, go I, I apologize. I thought your sentence was finished. Go ahead and finish, please. No, no, no. That's that's basically what I was saying. It was just that we can't only we have to be able to allow other people to help us sometimes, too, because, again, we could get so much. that I'm big and I'm bad and I'm going to do it on my own. That is a habit, too. And it and it could be easily be a negative habit, especially for us guys. A lot of us guys, we don't want any help. One, one of the one of the things that I, I want to speak to what you just said is that people that don't have the proper trust and respect of someone else. We all need mentors at one time or another or forever. When, when you feel like you don't need a mentor anymore, you're going to stop growing when you think I've got it all now that I don't want to take any more mentoring from anybody. There's always, and even if it's, if, even if it's the Lord himself and through the good book, keep growing. But um, you, you said something a minute ago. We're talking about people that are, over independent that don't recognize that they need to be involved with other people to help grow. They, they, they develop a lack of trust for others. They think they got the whole game played out in your last show. You talked about independence and interdependence. And that was a powerful part of the show because that's where it's supposed to be is interdependence. We're all interdependent. Well, I was talking about your show with a really good close friend of mine that I greatly respect. His name is Ken, Ken Whitley. And when I told him about the themes of the show that you had just done, he said, well, you know, when people get to where they don't do what they say they're going to do because they can deal with it by themselves and they don't really care about whether other people, in other words, people that don't say they're going to do what they're going to do, sometimes they don't really care about taking the experiences of others like Napoleon Hill said in the, in the 57th and the greatest of them all, if, where it's time you look at the mirror and sit back and say, I can't do this. I'm not that good. I need others to help give me some direction or to learn from some others. And Ken, Ken said, they start living the lie where they believe, they believe that they're that good. And then all of a sudden they're not approachable. They're not reachable. They get real deep into this mindset that I don't need other people because I'm right all the time. So how do we change a mind like that? The thing I was smiling a minute ago was simply this. Way back when, back in the 70s, I think it was, there was a TV commercial that was real popular. Mother, please, I'd rather do it myself. You know, just, I don't need your help. But the kid that said that was totally wrong, but the mother was trying to be there being pushed away. Leffert, let me give you the straightforward, I'll, I'll put all that into one question. How do we get people that are rejecting the friendships and the love of other people, how do we get closer to them so that they start realizing that they need to maybe start changing some of their habits and, and become a little bit different person because it's for their own good, but they just don't understand that. You asked that question, 15 minutes left in the, in the talk. Yeah, we got love them. Yeah. Love them. And, and it's tough. Exactly. It's a tough thing because sometimes people have lost trust. And because they lost trust, they feel that the only person that they can depend on is themselves. And mm -hmm. and some of that is again, is is the social network, is 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 nur is nurture, is who they've been around. 
But the dangerous part about that is that no man is an island, no woman is an island, that we need each other, we're social beings. So one, you have to build up trust. And, and, and the person has to know that they could trust somebody to come in their lives and to be there for them and help them. But Steve, this isn't easy. Because again, I've been hurt before and I've, I, I told myself stuff like, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself because it's easier. I, I'll never be disappointed or I might, I might not be able to do something, but I won't be disappointed if I don't put my trust and faith in somebody else. And, and I think that's, that's the deal. We got to get them. We got to let people understand that we're there for them and we got to love them. And when we love them, we can step in there and, and support, but also recognize that sometimes it's not that they are against us. It's that they're for themselves. Oh, I agree with that a thousand percent. Leffert. And, but they also have to hear they have to hear that, you know what, um, we're, I'm there for you and you got to be there for them and then kind of show them where their, where their faults come. Uh, I worked for a guy named Lieutenant Colonel James Dickerson years ago, and he used to say, I will never paint somebody into a corner, but I will shine the light into the corner to see where they are so they can see. And so sometimes we have to, bring a person up to a level of awareness to see that what they're doing is not serving them well. Can you give, can you give a little example? I'm going to throw this at you. I'm involved in a lot of stuff every day that you just talked about people that are real headstrong people that don't trust other people, people that are, uh, you know, they, in my whole program as a base, I've said it on, on my whole 165 shows here, you know, they got to know you love them before they're going to respond to you, of course, you know, they got to know you care, but so what is it? What's that expression? Give it to me again. Jeff Heiser gave it to me. They got to know you care before they, you know, people don't care how much, you know, unless they know how much you care. Thank you. It's been a while since I spoke that, that, that phrase, but here's what I'm saying. A lot of people think that when you're truthful and honest, you you said love and also truthfulness. Okay. But you gotta, you gotta give it to them without embarrassing them and, and hurting them. There, there's, there's a real, it's out of love, but sometimes out of love, we have to show people the truth. And when we embark to do that, when we set out to do that, a lot of people call it hard love. I'm not, I'm not saying that's the only, you know, everybody knows hard love, but this is real love. But you said with, with Dickerson, shining the light, that is the most beautiful thing. So I'm going to take you back into your life a little bit, Leffert. Leffert, fate, this is your life. You've talked about Sergeant Gunther over and over again with me. And, and I got to tell you, he loved you. He helped you. He became a man that you most admire in your life, basically. You know, he had great, great impact on you. But in his own loving way, he put a boot up your butt. He did. But what he did was he recognized what I needed. He... And sometimes tough love is important, but love. And see, sometimes people are just tough. There's a big pause, and then there's the love. If I don't know that you love me and you're tough on me, is that helpful? No. Exactly. They'll reject you. 
Exactly. And what, what I find that some people do, they come tough first without the love first. Love is always first. Love is Absolutely. always first. So they got to know you love them. And so, and then it needs to be explained because more people, listen, I, I keep saying this all the time. Um, more military people in 2019 died by suicide than died in combat. They lost the understanding that people love them. You could go through stuff and people could still love you. Our, our father in heaven loves us regardless. Now, we may have to be punished if bad stuff happened, but he loves us regardless. But the first thing there is is love. I'm not big into this fear-based religion. Um, I'm not soft. In, you know, I'm not soft. I know you got to be told what's up, but you got to show that you love somebody first. And, and when, when Sergeant Gunther loved me, he showed me that, and he told me. And he, he showed me that at first because I knew he had me in the palm. Of, he had my career in the palm of his hand. But he used compassion. There's what what is the word? And I mean you're you're a very spiritual person, but there's there's the law, but love is first. Right? Yep. There, there's the law. What is there? Grace before judgment. I'm with you there. Yeah. Before judgment. And so when somebody shows you where you're wrong versus showing you that you're wrong. You're doing wrong, but you're not wrong because you're, you're judging but, their behavior. You're helping them with their behavior, not with their self. Yep. Because that's what we mean. Behavior changes is what the goal is. Not the center. I'm sorry. I, I got excited with you, Daryl. Behavior changes is what we're trying to help people do, not put down their being. But, Perfect. I love that. And like, and like I said, it, it was said somewhere that you hate the sin, love the sinner, right? Oh, but, yeah. And, and so it's, it's the same kind of thing. But, and, and I almost lost my, my train of thought there for a second. But the reason that Sergeant Gunther was ever to reach me is because he loved me first. And he showed me that love. Even though he showed tough love, he showed me that he loved me first. But this... Let's go back to this whole thing. And that's a habit because he had a habit of being good to people regardless. It wasn't like every once in a while I'm good to people. He was always a good person. Right. And because and it, it was behavior. And I and because I always saw him doing the right thing, I wanted to be like him. I saw that if you act a certain way, you get a certain result. And I was like, I wanted to be like this guy. I wrote something down and I wanted to go back to it. All of our successes and our failures are a result of our habits, right? Everything. It, it, our habits determine if we got positive or we got negative. So you asked me a question a little bit earlier. How do we show people the, the direction to go? I would ask you to do this. Kind of like when we were talking about budgeting the other day. I would say, take a look at what you're doing. Is it serving you or is it not serving you? The things that serve you, you keep doing it. The things that don't serve you, you stop doing it. Yeah, Lefford, that's hard. Yes, it is hard. You start doing those things. You figure out where you are, figure out where you want to go. If I want to, if I want to get out of debt and I'm spending money on frivolous things that don't matter, and I, and I look at that and say, you know what? One of the reasons that I don't have what I need because I'm abusing my money, I'm not doing the things I need to do, so I'm going to stop doing this. So 
I, you, you can't just stop without making another habit. So instead of buying this, I'm going to save this. And, and, and instead of eating this, I'm going to eat that. Behavior, if you want to change a habit, I don't necessarily think you could change a habit, but you replace one habit with another. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. And, and that's what I think we need to teach people to do, actually sit down knee to knee, talking to people and say, okay, how is it working for you? How can I help you? And this is a direction. Don't make people feel like they're failures because they get something wrong. It's just we need to replace this, this habit with this habit. Because as I'll go back to say, thoughts become your words, words become your actions, actions become your habits, habits become character, character becomes your destiny, same thing. If you keep doing something over and over and over and over, some you're going to get some kind of result. See it first. Stephen Covey, you talked about early on, seven habits. Start with the end in mind. That was one of his premises. You start with the end in mind. You got this look on your face. What's up? Well, no, I'm, I'm being taught by a great teacher. I'm, I'm just following you right now. No, no, that's my look. I, you, you got me listening intently right now. So I can obviously always come back with some thought that you're making me think about. So I'll give you one since you paused. Um, okay. When, when we've got these people that don't trust anybody that, that, that aren't going to be moving and they're stuck, basically, I believe that they need to take a little step forward because in other words, the question again, and, you, and you're really covering it, but it's it's a complex answer. In other words, the advice to people, we've really given a lot of advice to people that love other people, that want to help other people and how to right. connect with them, how Gunther helped with you and how you responded. But but let, let's, let's make believe for a second that we really are, maybe, we don't have to make believe this, that, that we're the kind of person that just doesn't really want to listen to somebody else because we kind of know most of what we need to do and we don't have to have somebody else. And, and we're wrong. We're wrong. Most of us. Yeah, we're wrong. Right. And, um, and so Napoleon Hill says that in the greatest of them all, the 57th, that when you get in the mirror, know that you're wrong, acknowledge you're wrong. So you've already said, and I agree with you, that we need to love somebody for them to start to listen to us to take some tutelage mentorship. Got that. But let's put ourselves in we're not the person trying to help the other person. We are that person. What will it take for you to have someone in your life or try to get into your life to give them a chance for you to do something that they're helping you, that they want you to try to do? That Because that's really the stumbling block that getting inside, you know, I have my ways of doing it with people. And, and, and that's why I do what I do is because I reach a lot of people. Um, I, I, I tell people when I'm loving on them that, hey, I know you're having a bad day because I've been there too. Empathy is a very good connection point to get them listening. But, you know, you need somebody to talk to. I'm here for you. But but what, do you, what would you need to see if you're a person that's rejecting other people because you're too headstrong and you're going to do it yourself? What what are you looking for as that kind of person? Let's put ourselves into that frame of mind. And, and fortunately, we're not in that frame of mind, but sometimes we, sometimes, eat, sometimes, sometimes I am, sometimes yeah, yeah. I am. There's okay. some things that I probably, Hey, there's some things that I can do better. I mean, let's, let's talk about this real quick because we got, I love being we on got five, 10 minutes. We're still good. Yeah, I, I love being on, I love being on stages. The number of people that says Lefford, you should get an online presence. 
And I'm like, I don't want an online presence. I want to be on stages. Right now with this coronavirus, this COVID, you know that four of my main speaking engagements were canceled based on this. Now, I, I've done some online stuff, some programs, but I was really stubborn and said, well, I got this. Some people saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. And if I would have listened, I could have been much further down the road. Reality. So I am that guy. You can't do it all, Leffert. You can't do it all. The road that you're traveling has gone very far, and that's another thing in life. You know, I, 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 had, a, I had a lot of trouble when I was 19 years old, and, and my mother, you know, she took me to this doctor, and, and, and they just want to let me know, Steve, you can't keep working that hard. You can't do it all, Steve. You know, you can't do it all. And, and that, that's a lesson, but Leffert. Uh, it is, but I'm going to interrupt you. Sometimes, but that's what I'm saying. Sometimes we're doing something and somebody can speak into our lives and help us change direction. My dad used to always say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, but you can make them thirsty. So I, I know me as a person, sometimes this is my way. I'm going to do my way. I got to be willing to listen to other people, especially when they're saying it with love. Now, whether I do it or not is a, is a different story, but be able to listen to the feedback. And, and I think we all got to be accepting of feedback and say, is, can what they're saying help me? And if it can help me, I must be willing to listen. Still make my own decisions, but you must be able to be open for somebody else to speak into your life. That's beautiful. Let me try to sum it up to get it to kind of a close on the message today. Um, if you have any major thoughts that weren't presented today, help yourself. But here's one thing I'll say. The, the theme is character building that this series of shows is on. And I've really focused on one very, very fundamental basic thing that if a person does not do what they say they're going to do in life, they're generally not going to get very far. And, and so I've tried with many, many guests like yourself to, uh, to talk about it and give some wisdom and some advice on the subject. So here's my summary of what I think we've said today, and then you can kind of add to it and, and whatever. It's so important to gain the trust of other people because whether you believe it or not, you're not going to get real far all by yourself in this world. And so that's the first point. You know, you can't do it alone, even though you think you are. You need to reconsider it and you need to take a hard look. It is your life where you're at. Do you have the peace that you seek? Do you have peace of mind in the way you live? And I'm asking you just for a minute, if you don't, listen a little bit more than I'm trying to tell you if I'm talking directly to a person that does not have peace of mind. I want to help you gain from other people that can be there for you, and we can help them recognize who those people might be. You can't just listen to anybody, of course. So if we get them to where they're starting to listen, Okay, you need to make a little change. You know, you looked in the mirror. You're very unhappy. Be truthful with yourself. You need to be surrounded with some people that are good, positive people. And you need to get rid of bad habits and create good habits. And so it's really for your own good. But I can't do it for you. You got to do it for yourself. But know this. I love you no matter what you think. I'm on your side. And I'm always here for you. Let me tell you what Benjamin Franklin said. Your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits 
are subtracted from your good ones. So we're trying to help people here. Listen to people. You just said that. And, 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 and I guess if you're, if we're still in the mind of a person that is the one that's got the lack of ability to let other people inside their lives because they just have been hurt too much in their life and they are headstrong. All we're, all we're trying to say is listen to what these others are trying to say to you and give it a chance. Just give it a chance. Take that first step because success builds on success. And believe me, you're not alone. We've all been through it. We're here for you. And um, Leopard's phone number is right here for you. And so give Leopard a call because he'd be somebody I would encourage you to try to get to know deeper. And I'm here for people too if they want. What would you like to add to that? Um, two sentences. One is a quote by Aristotle that says, excellence is not an act, but it's a habit. <laughs> I'm laughing because that's on my 32 quotes. You've had about seven of them already. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's truth. The other thing is, and this is from me, keeping and or breaking your, your word is a habit. And you will be judged by which one of those that you do. If you say you're going to do something, do it. That's a habit. If you don't do what you say you're going to do, that's a habit. And that's how you'll be judged. People who cannot invent and reinvent themselves go through changes that they need to go through, change their habits, must be content with borrowed postures, secondhand ideas, fitting in instead of standing out. That's a man named Warren Bennis. Leffert, Warren Bennis. Leffert, you, Leffert you, you've been beautiful today. Thanks for sharing everything you did. Uh, anything else? Well, this will be right at the end now. Would you like to a parting thought or comment? As I said, First, you develop your habits, and then your habits develop you. You can decide what you want to do. Decide what you want to do and start doing it. That's bottom line. Simple. Not easy. Simple. That's great advice. That's great advice. Well, Leffert, uh, I'm sure we're going to do a whole lot more of these conversations because our hearts are in them. Leffert, you're beautiful. God bless you. Thanks for doing this, and um, everybody have a wonderful week, and thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening to Right Thinking with Steve Copeland. I look forward to being with you again next week, and remember, don't quit, plan ahead, it will get better. God bless you, and have a great week.